Hello, everybody. My name is Lat Mackey, and this is Sequence Break, Episode 11, Super MC Gamer. This is a person I haven't met before, so this is really exciting. Uh, I, wouldn't, I don't want to say a stranger because I've been watching your stream forever, but uh, please welcome Super MC Gamer. How you doing, MC? I'm doing wonderful. No, yeah, I, 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 I you know, the, when it, when I was like, all right, who's this guy asking me to do a podcast? <laughs> and I and I went and checked out your channel. I was like. I've, I've seen I've seen his face. I I I I know you've been around in, in in places I've been, but I don't think we've ever interacted until like now and through yeah. the chat So I was happy to do it because like I, I, I like podcasts. Podcasts are fun. Oh well, thanks for doing it, man. I, I appreciate it too. So I mean, thank you so much for doing. That. I feel like we should have met at this point, but you know that's the way the speed. That's the way. By the way, if you ever go to some of the bigger events, uh, it's just the way it works. You walk by people all the time. You don't get a chance to say hi. It's just one of those things that happens, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so first, let's get into it. So, is there is there an origin story behind your screen name that you were willing to share, if you will? Yeah, no. Uh, so, some people have. Uh, I used to play Minecraft lots. So I was like, ah, MC Minecraft, easy. <laughs> and I'm like, no, 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 no. <laughs> I, I was actually MC uh, back back in 2006. Me and my friend, my 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 uh, my legal name is Matt, and I had a friend whose name was Cutter, and we wanted to do a. A, a web show together because 2006 was like peak iCarly and I was like <laughs> we're gonna call it MC Gamer boom easy uh we did like a couple episodes of it when also we were children so uh it didn't really do anything it kind of was a, a sham yeah. but uh I kept being known as MC Gamer online and then when I tried to register for YouTube uh, there was these kids who like uh made videos of them jumping on trampolines who already took MC Gamer so I was <laughs> super MC Gamer and I, I I never changed. So now now everybody knows me as MC. Everybody everybody calls me MC. My my husband he, upstairs he, he I'm MC to him. It, <laughs> it, it, like, everybody calls me MC except for my mom. My mom is the only exception because right. I, she is I think the right the right there. <laughs> that is so crazy. Wow, even the husband. Okay, that, that there you go. That's yeah. <laughs> that's how how much you are MC. That's uh, I, I totally dig yeah, it. Yeah. Okay, so when did you start playing video games? Like, tell us a little bit about when you first got. Like, what was the first game? A console? What was? It? What's your story? <laughs> Um, I, I actually read your question. I was like, oh, I know how I did this. I, I, so I actually have like too, too many answers. I, I think I had the first game I ever played was Super Mario World. Uh, we had a SNES in the household. Um, but I think that on, on an advanced stage, what my earliest gaming memory was actually playing, uh, versus super mario brothers do you know that arcade title? Yeah. It's like, it looks like, uh, uh, where you, it looks like super mario one, but yeah, it? it's like a little bit harder. It has like some Lost World stages right. in it. And um, I think there was a VS Mario Brothers cabinet, like um, like arcade thing at like either a grocery store, a pharmacy, somewhere where my, my a member of my family went. And I would play that while waiting for either, I don't know, groceries to finish. But, so like, what I, I think my, I think I always say Mario World is my first game because that's one I can concretely remember. But right. I think. BS Mario Brothers might have a, like a step up on it, actually. <laughs> oh my God, how crazy! So that's so funny. I mean, I I know the automatic assumption is it's got to be something Zelda. So when did you first like play? Your, do you remember your first experience with Zelda or, and the, that series of games? Yeah, I, I've told this story on stream a few times. That you know, when you're when you're a streamer of one like game series, where we ask you the same <laughs> I know, question, right? Um, <laughs> and and you know how many times I've heard uh, what. Uh, how, how do you how do you open the door? Uh, why don't you try Forest? God, oh my God, I, I'm sick of that. But um, the the Zelda story goes. Um, uh, my sister had a Game Boy with Link's Awakening on it, but but I was still too small probably to play video games for a while. But my sister had her Game Boy with Link's Awakening, 
I kept stealing it. I kept stealing it to play Link's Awakening on it to the point that uh, for my bir- my next birthday, after my sister was yelling and screaming about me stealing her Game Boy so much, they got me a Game Boy Color. Oh, look with, at that. Uh, Fancy. <laughs> with with uh, Link's Awakening DX. And so at that point, it was that that was like my Zelda game. And so uh, so Link's Awakening with a side of Deluxe and Ocarina of Time shortly followed uh, for Christmas. <laughs> well, just to let you know, I'm actually kind of with you. I feel like DX is the definitive version. I've been that's the one. If I'm going to play it, that's the one I actually choose to play. So, <laughs> although I, I haven't played, I, the played new that, one. I think that was my definitive version until the Switch version right. came out, and okay. now. I'm a huge fan of that. Like, <laughs> I think it's really good. So. Awesome. Okay. So one of the things I found interesting, and and I, I kind of knew this already on, but I I I, noted, I did some of the research, and you started streaming very early on, especially for those of us in the retro community and things like that. So I'm curious, when did you start, and how did you? What, what made you decide? Hey, let's let's try streaming something. Um. Okay. So I, I'm going to give you a, a, two answers. Uh, if you want to even talk about MC Gamer, the web show, the one I talked about where my name origin came from, we want to do something called MC Gamer Live a way back, way, way back. We never actually did it, but that was when I was first interested in, like, I want to do a web show online. <laughs> because once again, iCarly. iCarly right. was the stuff. And so uh, I, I wanted to be Carly, but uh, uh, I wasn't Carly. I'm still not Carly, <laughs> and I'm glad I'm not Carly. But um, instead, uh, I, I, I later started streaming – uh, I think playing Minecraft and stuff with uh, the uh, the uh, co-star. Uh, I don't know if you know Coast Quest, the Minecraft series at all, but uh, he's a really he's a really nice guy, and he was doing a live stream on livestream.com at the time, and I uh, kind of joined in with that. And shortly after, around that period, uh, I think was when we did the first Zeldathon. Wow. Okay. So that's. I mean, that's is Twitch even a thing at that point? Well, I'm trying to think when oh, Twitch on live. No. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Justin, I think, was still also in its infancy as well. So, um, yeah. I wanted to be Carly. That's a MC's way, apparently, of saying I wanted to kiss Freddie. <laughs> it's, it's well known that uh, my, my first crush as a kid was was on Freddie Benson from iCarly. <laughs> Oh, that's so and awesome! What do you know? I, I I became the I became the tech guy doing live streams, and I'm like, dang it! I have just become Freddie Benson. Why are we talking about iCarly so much? <laughs> Next up, no, we're gonna do a whole episode just on iCarly. I love this. This is fantastic. <laughs> I, I I actually once I um I, I, because you know what happens at Discord late at night right. between friends, mm-hmm. you, you go off the rails. Um, and so one time I was like, what is uh, does this Freddie from iCarly? Does his streaming rig actually make sense? <laughs> So I, I opened up an episode of iCarly and I looked at what he had. And for the most part, it's pretty all right. He had some buttons that did not nonsense, but we, I did notice like they're streaming at like like a hundred kilobit per second. So like <laughs> the, the iCarly stream should not look as good as it does on TV. Right. I'm still talking about iCarly. <laughs> <laughs> we're still going. We're still, we're not going to stop now. Okay. So, okay. So uh, I, I was looking back at my history actually, because I think the first time I donated to a Zelda-thon was 2015, but I, yeah. I it's, I, I love the, 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 the biggest, one of the reasons I want to talk to you is because of your charitable efforts and your work and in, in the charity side of things. Um, first of all, when did you first, what was the, tell us, when was the first Zelda-thon? But more importantly, when did you get started with charity, and why was that important to you? Um, so, so the story of Zelda-thon, I, that, that I'm sure some people who know me have, have heard plenty of times before, is I saw a group called the Speed Gamers, hmm. um, TSG. They were streaming on Ustream back in 2009, <laughs> 2008. Uh, Desert Bus was also a thing, but right. I didn't really watch them yet. Um, and I said, I want to do a stream for charity. It wasn't really like, I don't know if I was really passionate about charity at that point. I think I was just kind of like, 
I want to do this. It looks like fun, like getting your friends together and doing a big stream. And so I contacted my friend Zach and I said, over Christmas break, let's do a video game stream. He was like, what game should we play? Uh, the, the the story is that he said Zelda because I really enjoy Legend of Zelda. <laughs> and uh, good choice. I mean, I could have said Donkey Kong because I also like Donkey Kong, but uh, I don't know if it would have the same lasting appeal as Zelda Fawn has had. But uh, um, so yeah, he came over. We did, uh, I think, a little under 72 hours. I don't think we went the full 72 hours. I don't have the records. Um, and we raised 300 bucks for a child's play charity at that time. And from there, we just kind of kept doing them every summer and winter. And they kept getting bigger and stuff. So it's been fun. Well, yeah. Where did no, it that was 2009, by the way. So that was that was really early. Yeah. Know? I'm curious, like, what, back then, like, what did it take to put on a charity event? Like, even, uh, I'm just curious, what, what are the, some of those, like, how did you go about doing that even back then? Um, it, There was actually this nice little um, widget that you could put on your web zone called Chippin. Oh, uh, nice. And it was just a little button that it's essentially like the, the the paypal button that we have nowadays and it even used paypal it was just like put in a paypal address you want to forward money to and we'll keep track of how much money is put through the button that's all it was and so luckily things like child's play charity they were on like the forefront of people raising online so they said hey here's our paypal email address just plug it into your chip and plug in and you're you're good to go and so that's why we did that some charities you know even today are reluctant to like get into uh, online fundraising, like with, with gaming and stuff, with like Twitch, because they don't necessarily understand that, um, you know, that, that there's a thing. When somebody calls up saying, give me your PayPal email address, it might not be like anything nefarious. It's probably for something cool, like, you know, Zeldathon yeah. or another event, you know? Um, in like, outside of gaming, had you done anything like charitable before you went down the road of Zeldathon? I don't think so. No, I, I, you know, you know, not not to my knowledge. No. You know, I, I I think my family may have volunteered at a soup kitchen from time to time, mm. but I no, nothing that like I, I was like my choice or nothing that I distinctly remember. No, not really. So the reason I ask is because so I, I've worked in the nonprofit world now for about fifteen years or so, and I continue to work in the nonprofit yeah. world. And I, the way that you, the Zeldathon is run nowadays, it does so many things right as far as accepting donations and, and the way it, it it acts as as a not you know as a charitable or a, a event. And I just I, I'm I wonder, did you have any help along the way to set some of these things up? Like, how did you get to where you are today with Zeldathon? Oof, that, I mean, so that's a big question, but if we, if we want to talk about like specifically the, 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 the charity side of things, a lot of people, you know, they, there, there's a lot of easy missteps you can make when you're setting up a, a charity stream. Mm -hmm. Like remember when I said, get that PayPal email address from the <laughs> charity, some people will be like, here's my PayPal email address. I promise at the end of the stream, I'm going to donate to the charity. <laughs> There, there, there's a thousand things wrong with that. Like, like <laughs> first of all, like the tax implications. Like, oh yeah. Like the, like, the, the, like you know, and so you know, early on, we like we learned about you know, you know, contacting the charities, talking to them about what we do, um, and also you know, making sure that you know, we, when you ask a charity, like, hey, we're going to fundraise for you, not just how do we get the money to you, but how do we talk about you? Like you know, when we go to a charity like Direct Relief, who who I work for now, um, you know, we say you know. What are you currently raising for? And right now I can say the Puerto Rico earthquakes, Australia wildfires, right. um, and in the Philippines. Uh, and, and like th that's where like, you know, natural disasters have hit. That's good information to have on hand when you are, you know, doing a charity fundraiser. We've had like things happen and, uh, and Zolothons happen, you know, it's like somewhere around like when a natural disaster happens. And one of the first questions we get in from people in the chat is, 
what is this charity doing to help this situation? And it's something that's really good to have on hand. So I think one of the biggest things we had to learn over time is not only being responsible with how the donations are handled um, and, and being transparent with it, but also telling people what their money is going towards and what's, how is that powerful? You know? Yeah. I, I mean, obviously I, a big fan of direct relief and especially what, what has been done over the last couple of years with uh, so many events supporting what they do. But I love the fact that you um, educate us as well at the time, because I think that is so important. Like we know what our money's going for when it's donated. And yeah. I, I, as a donor, I really appreciate it. I think that's, that's wonderful. You know, it's like, it's good to see the dollars being, you know, <laughs> implemented. <laughs> so, yeah. So, okay, so let's bring it back a little bit more to Zeldathon. Uh, one of the things I that's so much fun as a viewer to watch is it seems like everyone's having this great time playing Zelda games yeah. and things like that. What 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 gave you the idea to start playing like every single Zelda game for a Zeldathon? So uh, early on, it wasn't play every Zelda game. It was just play <laughs> Zelda for 72 hours, for four days, for five days. And eventually we, we invited... Um, uh, a good friend of ours, Mossies. Uh, he's a uh, the 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 owner of Zelda Dungeon. Uh, it's, a, it's a website you can look mm -hmm. it up. Um, it's about Zelda, Very and uh, he he's a big Zelda collector. And so, brought with him a you know a big old crate full of all of his Zelda games, including the CDI game. And, <laughs> no. and we we played like every Zelda game we could that during the, I don't think we actually beat everyone during that marathon. But I started to be like, man, this guy's got every Zelda game. <laughs> We got to try to do every Zelda game. And it took us a while to get into that because it, I mean, I, I see inside your chat right now, we have, we have uh, Vidya, uh, J Jamie. He's a, a team member of ours who uh, is well known for helping out our Twilight Princess runs. Early on in Zelathon, our Twilight Princess runs would sometimes take 24 hours. <laughs> and and that's a full day. Yeah. That's a full day. And, you know, he, he, he chopped that down to 11 hours. Right. And so suddenly we can fit in like, more games when we do that so nowadays you know we have six days and we can not only beat every zelda game we still have like a day or so extra that we like you know we, we do stupid stuff and like throw in like challenges like we did left for dead uh with with like zelda uh, dungeon mods like, oh yeah like in left for dead for that the last marathon just because like we have some cool stuff that's like really nice um and yeah no we and we've also done the cdi games uh uh, a, a couple members of our team have been world record holders in the CDI games, so we we have a we have a, a very robust Zelda community, including the the fringe, the spin-off, the sometimes neglected titles. You know? <laughs> Absolutely, Avidia saying, "Let him run. Uh, let let me run uh, uh, Twilight Princess again until I do it under nine <laughs> nine hours." Yeah, yeah, no, he you would absolutely <laughs> well and i think that's I, I you know it's great to see games that first of all are rarely ever seen on twitch and that's one of the things i love about it as well because at any given point major i mean majority mask uh, ocarina of time which is my favorite game of all time there's a yeah. bustling community around that you know there's always time you could watch uh, ocarina of time but some of the other games like the cdi games like you mentioned some of the game boy games don't get the kind of love that yeah, uh, oracle you know. games oracle games are so good they don't right. get the love they deserve mm -hmm. absolutely um so okay so you how uh, how how many Zeldathons have you had at this point? And what's like the grand total of money that you've raised through Zeldathon at this point? So, uh, we've run 25 of our main marathons now that our 10 year anniversary was this last winter. And we hit a $2.6 million during that marathon, which I'm super amazed by. <laughs> we've crazy. been doing, we've, uh, and we've been kind of spinning it off from there as well. Like we've been now doing, uh, we did 
our first live event, uh, like I at a convention uh, last year called Peace of Heart. We want to do more Peace of Heart events throughout the year, just like as a way to you know let the community come and see the Zelda Thong community and like the team and and do something live. And also this summer we're doing uh, Parallel Worlds, is what it's called. Okay. Uh, and Parallel Worlds is the entire Zelda Thong team for the entire six days playing games, <laughs> raising money for charity. Except we're taking the the Zelda out and we're putting every other video game that's ever been made in. So we're <laughs> and it's gonna be a lot of fun. And uh, uh, people have been wanting something like that for a long time. Oh, that sounds awesome. I've noticed one of the things that, you know, you mentioned you work for, uh, for Direct Relief, but you don't, all, the yeah. Zeldathon doesn't always uh, choose them as their charity. H how do you go about choosing uh, some of the other uh, charities that you support? Yeah, no, and, and, and you know, you know, we, even though I work for Direct Relief, there is nothing in my contract that says, you must raise Zeldathon <laughs> for Direct Relief, you get this or that. No, it, 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 it strictly is still my decision. I just like to raise for Direct Relief because I like Direct Relief. Um, but, um, you know, we raised for St. Jude, Charity Water, Help Hope Live, uh, various different charities over the, the years. And a lot of it comes down to, like, a lot of people like to say, oh, look at Charity Navigator. It's a website online where you can view, like, kind of some transparency details about a charity. And sometimes people go to that and they see, oh, this charity has a, only a 90% efficiency, which means, you know, 10% of their costs aren't going into program costs. Like, like, oh, that must all be going to the CEOs. Uh, that must be a trash charity or they see a charity that's three stars, not four stars on charity. I'm going to say, Oh, it must be a trash charity compared to a four star charity. And that's not necessarily the one all be all rating. I think early on that was like my thinking as well. But over time you learn like, Hey, these charity events cost money to run. Uh, the people who are employed at these charities, they're doing real work that is going to further drive up, you know, how much money is coming in overall and also what, how much they can do good in the world. Um, so I think there's a lot of negativity around like um, things that aren't like strictly like, you know, when you donate to direct relief, 100% of the donation goes towards, you know, the cause goes towards people who need it. But, you know, you know, people at direct relief, I know all the staff there, like they deserve to be paid a fair wage. They deserve to be paid this. And, you know, luckily they're paid through a separate foundation, um, separate from donations. But, you know, the same thing happens at things like St. Jude uh, and, um, you know, their, their, their whole fundraising um, teams and marketing teams. It costs money to run. And there's a reason why St. Jude, everybody knows the name St. Jude Schultz Research Hospital and what they do. It's because they put in the money and the time to make it happen. So I think when people choose a charity, it's not only about choosing a cause that's relevant to your community, choosing a cause that's like worldwide and appeal and not only one that's efficient, but also one that's just, you know, you need to look beyond just like a charity navigator aim to find, you know, what's a good charity, I think. And I think that uh, and four times I may have misled people on like vlogs or podcasts where I say, check charity navigator, boom, you're done. And I think it's more than that now, now that I've, you know, spent some more time in the nonprofit world. Oh, MC, I'm so glad you mentioned that because while Charity yeah. Navigator is a good place to start, especially if you've never done any sort of charitable giving before. But more importantly, as I've gotten older and, uh, you know, one of the things... Like I want professionals managing the the nonprofit. Like if I'm going to donate, I want to know that the money's handled responsibly. And yeah. those people they need they need to be paid. They 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 have to pay rent just like the rest of us. You know they have to eat things like that. You want this stuff yeah. handled responsibly. And I'm really glad that you mentioned something like that because it's 
we as we in the nonprofit world don't do a good job of educating people about it. But then secondly, it's tough to wait, 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 you're telling me like 15 cents of my dollar is going to go towards paying staff. Well, well, yes. And to run an event and to, you know, to make sure that things are handled responsibly. So, yeah, I mean, know? so we have like, um, like a uh, St. Jude, uh, the play live, like initiative, the gaming side has, has sponsored Zelda before <laughs> and, and does pretty much almost every time we raise for St. Jude at this point. And some people are like, wait, there's money being given to Zelathon from St. Jude, but I thought we're giving money to St. Jude. It's like, yes, but you know what that money enables to do? Enables to us to have a venue, to buy food for our teammates so yes. they're happy and not grumpy on the camera, to buy the cameras that you're using to see the people, yeah. to buy the microphones, to, you know, to, you know, rent the U-Haul, to take the stuff and, and get it there. Yeah. Without without money to fuel the fundraiser, it's going to be a worse fundraiser, and it's not going to raise as much. That's right. just, you know, the... The cut and dry of it and so it's always nice when we have charities who are willing to you know help out and obviously you have to prove yourself it's right. not like mm -hmm. hey I, I i'm gonna raise a hundred dollars can i can i have money to, to write and it's like no but keep right. raising your hundred bucks <laughs> you know it's, it's something that steps over over time absolutely you know? and some charities are fortunate enough to have endowments where they can separate uh, donor dollars going mm -hmm. just and things like that and, but not everyone is so lucky or not every organization is so lucky so um yeah. you know it's it's important that you really look where how the the the, the donor dollars are how effective they are at the cause that they're choosing yes. you know and it sounds like that's the process you go through nowadays when you choose to support a when you when Zeldathon chooses a charity which yeah is awesome. very much so um, okay, so you've since in the past few years. So I, I have listened to uh, I've listened to you on other, some other podcasts. Most recently, the Warp World podcast, and you've talked about how yes. you personally are, are are supporting some of these other marathons, these charity marathons. Which ones are those, and how did you get involved doing some of that stuff? So yeah, no, I mean, I mean, uh, at least through Direct Relief, you know, we've had the opportunity to work with Calathon. Uh, most recently, we we worked with Pokathon. Obviously, we put on the. Um, the Coliseum events, the Mario Masters and Runaway Guys Coliseum events, um, and you know, you know, anybody like like the speed gamers who I originally mentioned, like were the inspiration for Zeldathon. You know, they, they race for direct relief from time to time, and I've had the pleasure of, I got to go down to Texas to where where they run their events, and right. I got to like meet the crew that originally inspired me. And what do you know? They're just a bunch of nerds in in in, in, in a house <laughs> playing games. Like like you know, at the end of the day, that's what it, that's what we all are for the most part. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, but. Uh, it's just been very nice, like, I, you know, through, through Direct Relief and other charity events, like, and going out to conventions, I've met different crews that, like, say, we do stuff for charity. And it's like, hey, if you want to stop by sometime, I'm like, oh, you know, <laughs> I, I kind of have, a, I have an addiction to charity marathons where I'm like, I'll stop by. And, and then, then, I'll, then I'll come home and be like, I don't want to travel again for a month. And then I'll be like, hey, there's another charity event next month. And I'm like, oh. Unless, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I have my room available. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it's so much fun because there, there's so many different crews and how they approach things is very different. Like I like going out to GDQ. Um, GDQ's uh, you know raised for directly through the Tiltify Charity Plaza during uh, TwitchCon the one year. That was super nice. Um, I got the pleasure of meeting a bunch of GDQ staff and they're so professional. They're so amazing. Cool. I've gone to work with them to, uh, in fact, you know, uh, help Zelda-thon's tech be better. I'm good friends with Test Runner who uh, does a lot of their, uh, their their tech operations there. Um, and GDQ does things a lot different than we do at Coliseum, where it's like we still are inviting like a lot of speedrunners, like at Mario Masters, but we do things a little bit more goofy, a little bit more loosey goosey. And then you have Zelathon, which is like full balls to the walls, goofy loosey. You know, <laughs> you know, we, we have some serious moments, but you know, there's a whole a whole range and a whole, a whole gamut. And I like to poke and prod at different ones because I think every one of them has something to add to the overall like charity marathon 
culture. I don't know. <laughs> no, that's cool. I mean, that's one of the things that I love about the events that I, I've, heard, I've heard you be associated with is they all, they're all unique. Like they all have their yeah. own vibe to them. And I, you know, I, I attended Calithon and huge fan of, of what they've been doing for charity and things like that. But that's a whole different kit and caboodle than volunteering for games done quick. It's like, they, it's like two different, but they're still, they're still trying to raise money. They're still trying to do a charity marathon and try to do some good in the world. You know, it's pretty they're cool. They're both speed running marathons. They're both speed no running. Less. Yeah, exactly. And, and every marathon has different vibes, you know, like, uh, Pokathon is a, a sister marathon to Zeldathon, and so to speak, where one of our team members who uh, Zeldathon runs Pokathon, and uh, you know they, they've recently been trying out some new stuff where they kind of taken more ideas from like the Coliseum format, where they invite out personalities, and that really worked for them. And you know, in the past, they were more Zeldathon like, where it's like you know friends of friends running the operation, and and you know, and I think that that over time they're going to meld some things together a little bit more, and it's going to become its own thing. And you know, I, I think that's good. I think that people taking ideas from each other has always been like the idea of charity overall. Like I think that, you know, the idea of a, a fundraiser gala, you know, for, <laughs> for, or, or, or at Direct Leaf, we have a wine auction. Right, right. Like I'm not, I'm not here to run a wine auction. Yeah. I don't know how to do that. <laughs> but I can think about, wait a minute, how much money these people pay for this wine to benefit the charity? Would they do the same thing for a Nintendo World Championships NES cartridge <laughs> signed by the winner or something. I don't know. You Absolutely. Know? Yes, we will. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. We can take that idea and, and meld it in, you know, and I think that there's a lot to be said about that. Um, you, you mentioned like how each uh, these marathons have are developing their own personality, their own voice. One of the things I love about Zeldathon is all of the, the goofiness that happens in between the gameplay and the games that you play on stream and all that kind of stuff. What kind of planning goes into this nowadays? Because it, there's never a dull moment during Zeldathon. <laughs> Thought. No, um, it, 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 I mean, so, so obviously, yeah, we, we try to plan that a lot. Like, um, at least for Zeldathon, we um, plan out like events to run every like uh, three or four hours that like, or it's like mark things that uh, a team member will work on before the event to like, you know, make, make it a big thing. Like, you know, we'll do uh, a mock game of deal or no deal as an example, um, which by the way was amazing. Our, our team member Valor, he won deal or no deal and won a thousand dollars for the charity. Hey, yo. Um, <laughs> And, and people were like, it's rigged. And I'm like, no, it really wasn't rigged. I asked everybody because I thought it was rigged when I watched it because I was just there a spectator. And I was like, and I went up to the guys who ran. I'm like, so that was rigged, right? So I don't like when we rig stuff at Zelda. I'm like, no, it wasn't rigged. He actually won deal or no deal. And I was like, wow. Um, but beyond that, we um, uh, our, our latest marathon, we did something called uh, the Goal Wheel Envelopes. For a long time at Zelda, we've had something called the Goal Wheel, where if you donate a certain amount of money, we spin the wheel and something shows up on it before it was a physical wheel. Then it became a digital wheel. Um, and it would say like, you know, couch dance party, like uh, play a song. Everybody on the couch has to dance along fun stuff, goofy. But this time, like we want to amp it up because we see the same goals on the wheel so many times. So we made a thousand goals, a thousand little funny things to do. And we put them in envelopes numbered one to a thousand. And then the wheel, the actual wheel will spin a number one to a thousand. And we open up the envelope and we do it. Like there was one that wasn't open this last marathon. We only went through like 400 of the thousand. Um, <laughs> that I'm sad wasn't there. It said, it, it, so the person who was on couch, they like, all right, we got number 484, whatever. I, they pick it out they, and it'll read it. Your name is now Nancy. For the rest of the marathon, everyone must call you Nancy. If someone does not call you Nancy, they become Nancy. <laughs> no. And so like, that, that, that one didn't get read. I'm very sad because oh, I man. wanted it to come up. But we, we've had a lot of fun, funny ones. Like there was one that was just read, uh, look really angry, uh, or, or do not read out loud. Uh, get really angry and throw this goal away. So the person opened up and they went, 
They threw it in the garbage can. And everybody's like, oh, no, what was that goal? Why didn't they want to do it? And, and it's it's little things like that that add to, like, you know, we're playing all the Zelda games. We've, we've played them, you know, for 10 years now. Yeah. We, we, let's, let's, let's add a little funny spice onto the, the mix, you know? Well, that's what I love about it is that it, I've, I've only, admittedly, I've only watched since 2015, but it's still, it's it never, it always seems fresh every time I watch. And it's mostly because of the silliness that the game shows and all those things that happen in between... <laughs> You know, it's the action yeah. uh, the gameplay. <laughs> okay. Yeah, very much so. so. So before we move on, I'd be remiss to ask. Um, obviously, you you enjoy the Zelda games and many other games as well. Uh, just watch your yes. stream for a few minutes. You've been recently been playing board games on stream, which I think is awesome too, by the way. But um, yeah. it, it, if Breath of the Wild is to be released, Breath of the Wild 2 is to be released this year, <laughs> what would you like to see in a Breath of the Wild 2 game? Okay. So in a Breath of the Wild sequel, I would say I want to see... So, so a lot of people have said, I want the story to not be about the past. I want it to be about the current because the original Breath of the Wild was like yeah. all flashback stories right. and like bad story. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, it's a fine story. Stop being grumpy. Um, but I'd like to see a current story too. Uh, yeah, I want to see more traditional dungeons or or rather, I think that the, I think if, if people took all the shrines in Breath of the Wild and instead you cut them into like five, like, like split, split it up, 120 divided by five, whatever that is. 24? 24. Um, <laughs> So take 24 shrines, stitch them rooms together, boom, you have a dungeon. Everybody would have been fine. Everybody was mad about the game because the dungeons were cut up and sliced around the world. I think we should have that plus full-size dungeons. I think that that'd be good. Um, I, I kind of yeah. tend to agree with you. I think some, uh, yeah, uh, full side. I mean, how can you not complain? That's like the, it, there's a lot of great things about the game. But you're right. That was one of those things that I, I'd also like weapons that uh, maybe don't break as quickly, but like something not not quickly, but uh, the master repair sword. Repair system. Yeah, there we go. Repair it, system. Perfect. You know, you know, I, I, I agree. I like I like the weapons breaking frequently. I think that it encourages you to look around, find right. new weapons, Explore. try out new ones. Like there was plenty of times that I loved in Breath of the Wild where it's like. Okay, well, my royal claymore broke, you know, the thing I wanted to use. And now what do I have left? Giant boomerang? I've never done this. And it's like, all right, let's give it a twirl. And I take out like two problems with it. And I'm like, giant, giant boomerang's my new, my new, my new girlfriend. I love her. And, you know, <laughs> a relationship ended with royal claymore. And, you know, and. <laughs> Um, I was 30 hours I, in before I realized that you could boomerang stuff and you had to press a button to catch it. I just thought that you could only throw yeah. it. Whole thing, anyway. <laughs> you thought Link was just really bad at boomerang. Yeah, like, what the hell? Why can't he catch the damn boomerang? But anyway. <laughs> <laughs> no, and I, I want to, I want, I would love to play more uh, Breath of the Wild with, with I, I like the breakable weapons, but having a repair system, a, a, a little anvil inside towns, you can clang, clang, clang. That'd be nice, you know. Uh, but, but I think it'd be a, a fun balancing act where, like, you know, your weapon's really weak and you know it's weak, so you stop using it because if you keep using it, it'll break and then you can't repair it. It is completely gone. Mm -hmm. So, But the alternative is do you break your weapon and then just you know pick up a new one or do you really love your Royal Claymore enough to let it sit in an inventory slot, a very precious inventory slot until you have time to go get it repaired? Oh, that's an interesting idea too. You mentioned it earlier, yeah. but uh, you, you said you're actually really, you really enjoyed the Link's Awakening remake and uh, it's your awakening of choice nowadays. What, what, what do you like about the game? What, why, uh, what, what, what's, uh, what's great about it? I haven't played it yet. Just let so, you know, so. Yeah, no, even though I, I, you know, Link's Awakening was my first game, Link's Awakening Deluxe was my second. Um, and I have a lot of nostalgia for them. I think that, you know, the changes made in Link's Awakening for Switch, they're, 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 there's a lot of, like, tiny little quality of life tweaks. And, yeah, there's some, uh, some frame rate issues. There's some, some some weird visual stuff that some people are like, eh, I'm not a huge fan of how that, that 
looks like like, like too much of the tilt shift effect thing right. going on <laughs> um that's fine at each their own but for me it's the most approachable it's the most uh easy to play it's you know on my switch ready to go right. and it's the full game like it's not like it's like is it missing anything it's missing the photographs with uh the the, the mouse the mouse guy who takes photos of you oh, um missing the photoshop yeah. so as long as you don't aren't like missing the photoshop and you still want to you know have everything else you get the full game you get it in a nice package it looks good and it fixes some of the, the more troubling things you have more buttons to put <laughs> items on it's so useful like right I, it's the same reason why I I know some people hate Majora's Mask 3D. Mm. They're like some of the changes made in that are, are are questionable, and I think they are questionable changes. But there's enough quality of life fixes, including the gyroscope <laughs> oh aiming, gosh, yeah. that I I will I will totally overlook agree. some of the some of the the, the the slights they did to to the game and to the bosses specifically right. because I want the gyroscope and I yeah. want you know to be able to skip forward in time where I want to. I think that there is enough quality of life changes that make it good better that the worst stuff doesn't drag it down all the way. You know? Couldn't agree with you more. Uh, you mentioned it also too. One of the things, uh, I, I'm a recent switch owner. I've only had mine for about six months. It is my go-to, yeah. because of how convenient it is, it becomes my go-to choice for like everything. You can play it anywhere. Yeah. <laughs> they, they really kind of nailed it with the Switch. <laughs> I've been um, playing uh, Mega Man lately because I've never beaten a single Mega Man game until last year. Hmm. So I beat Mega Man 1, Mega Jeez. Man 2, and I'm on 3 now. Uh, I'm I'm really slow at beating games off stream, so right. I, I I love Mega Man like as a character, as a design, as a game. I just suck at Mega Man. So. <laughs> well, congrats to GG. Yeah, no, that's you got one up on me. I've, the only one I've ever beaten is two. I've never the Mega Man kicks my butt. I wish I was better at it. Like watching speedruns of it is just insane how good the people are at that game. Now I don't want to be too much of a cheater, but there there is a rewind feature in, on the Switch version, which uh, I. <laughs> I have used on some cheap bosses. I, I have no 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 shame in saying that because my time is precious. I'm not going to sit here and wa walk through that entire whole boring stage with the little platforms again, you know? Well, the I only will. people are going to hear this are me and the millions of listeners. We, no, I'm just kidding. Sorry. <laughs> just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so, uh, so, okay. So the uh, the first time that when I, as soon as I became affiliated, the first thing I did was run my own charity. Uh, we did a we we raised money for the St. Baldrick's Foundation, which disclaimer I worked there at the time, but I really wanted to support a good cause. And like the first thing I could do with accept money, I was like I did a charity one, but I didn't. Even after watching you and watching games done quick, I just thought, well, the easiest way to do this is I'll have people donate to the stream and then I'll make a donation to St. Baldrick's. And it was publicly available so people knew exactly how much money. It did not feel like a good way to go about things. If if somebody wants, if an individual wants to do their own charity stream or their own charity type thing, how, what would you recommend? What's the, What are the, some of the steps or the path that people can go down? Well, I mean, like the, you know, there's a lot you can get into, like, you know, at Zelothon, we have our own donation platform. We have our own donation site. We, 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 we make and support our own software to run Zelothon. Oh, wow. But not everybody, you know, you know, for a first time streamer, like, like, like you, you're saying, I, I, you know, I just got affiliated. It'd be nice to do a, a charity stream as a celebration or as a first thing we do, you know, uh, you don't have time to code an entire donation, <laughs> or, you know, so I always recommend Tiltify. Tiltify is a great service. Um, there's also Donor Drive, which now uh, has more charities uh, working with them. Um, these are platforms that just have charities built into them. Charities work with them. So that way, you know, all the money is going right to the charity and it gives you, you know, usually a nice page with your total on it. You can set some goals up in it or you can do them, you know, 
uh, on your own, you know, stream. Like, like you know, uh, for, for Coliseum, for example, we use Tiltify to raise all our funds. And even though Tiltify has these wonderful built-in, like, goal and milestone features, we don't use them. We just put them up on the stream in our own text because works just as fine for us, you know. Um, people can see them. It's still transparent. So, uh, you know, do it your own way. But the biggest thing is use a service like Tiltify or Donor Drive to make sure your money is going directly where it counts, and you have a page that gives you uh, full transparency in that. And also, Tiltify has options for things like um, letting the charity contact the donors after the event. Oh, cool. So if, if if people have opted into that, um, me at Direct Relief, I want to say, oh, hey, everybody who donated to Mario Masters Coliseum, uh, I'm going to send you an email saying, thank you for donating. This is what your money is going towards. Here's some upcoming gaming events that we're running. It's a great way for us to you know keep, keep engaged with that. And so I think that when people use official services, you know, there's small events or small benefits like that that people don't know about, you know? I also, so I ran the charity, the the drive for, I think it was almost a month. And I noticed that the donations increased when I uh, set a goal with it. Like, it, like we knew we were going somewhere. And are there any other yeah. things like that that you might recommend for somebody who's trying to do this for their first time? Yeah, no, keep it reasonable. Um, keep, keep, gauge yourself well when you're setting goals because... Uh, I've seen people start their first charity stream on like, you know, you know, a couple of viewers and say $2,500 goal, <laughs> I'll do the Samba. And I'm like, nobody's going to donate for a Samba that, that far away, you know, you know, right. set yourself up 50 bucks, 50 bucks. We do the Samba and yes, you might be thinking, well, that's a, that's a low price for me to do a Samba, but it's not about the Samba. It's about hitting the 50 bucks. Mm -hmm. And if you get that momentum, you can start pushing towards a hundred. 250, 500, 1,000, you know, at Zellathon even, you know, even though we can raise, you know, uh, upwards of $1,000, 2000 an hour average, we still set goals like usually $250 away when we're like, you know, going through like a slow time, a slow, slow t a time of donations because that much like little boost will keep everybody, er, er, things flowing because if you don't have a goal set for like anywhere in the future, like we've seen it at Zellathon, it's like there's not even like a $250 in the future goal, you know, people just won't, Donate. And so it's like, would you rather take, you know, you know, at Zellathon that less than average $250 or would you rather take the nobody's pushing for donations 50 bucks, you know, you know, right. where you get, you know, you know, some people come to come in and throw in a couple bucks in, you know, that's, that's beneficial. But if you put that goal in, keep it reasonable uh, and, and, and care less about what it is and more about that you have it in that, that gets you, you know, things flowing, I think. I think those are some great recommendations. And uh, I was trying to think, I think the biggest donation I got was only 50 bucks. And, but it once it happened, once I set the goal, I, I made, I raised $500 and it was like, it was a very reasonable yeah. amount. I, I only streamed to 10 or 11 people. You know, I have a very r small average, which is perfect for people. If, if you know that they're willing to, to, to give in to, you know, to, to support the cause. So, um, yeah. okay. So it, let's say um, I, I'm ready to say, I want to, I'm, I'm thinking a little bit bigger. <laughs> Uh, maybe I want to do a 24-hour yeah. stream. I maybe want to have some people join me. What are some suggestions or recommendations about expanding or maybe doing an, uh, a marathon type thing? You already, you've already nailed one thing. Uh, you said, I'm thinking about doing a 24-hour stream with a couple people, a few people. Yeah. Yes, a few people. <laughs> I've always said it. You know, it's, it's one of our number one recommendations. If you're doing anything beyond a 12-hour stream, get people. You know, like, you know, you know, you might be able to think, I can do a 48-hour stream. I, you know, I've done it before. You know, Sure, but do you want your stream to suck after 24 hours when you're dead tired? Like, yeah, there's some like pro streamers out there that are like, 
you know, crazy. 24 hours in yeah. that, you know, Dr. Lupo did his big stream, you know, and, and he, he was like just as hype after 24 hours as he was at the beginning. But, Same. you know, not everybody's like that. You know, I couldn't do that. I, I did a, I did a 20, 20 hour stream of Mario Sunshine, hundred percent once. 18 hours in, I was a, I was a Fruit Loop. No, nobody, <laughs> nobody want to watch that, man. I was, I was out there. I was, I was, I was saying inane things, and you know, I, I wouldn't donate to that stream if I was me. But you know, so get people involved, have a support staff. You know, let let yourself take naps. Uh, that's why at, at the Coliseum events we do um, 12 hour streams every day, and we do for four days. We instead of doing a you know a straight 48 hour stream, which we could do, uh, be there at the house less, you know, whatever. <laughs> it's more beneficial for everybody who's there and performing and being, you know, you know, part of the, the broadcast to do 12 hours on 12 hours off. And I think that's way more beneficial to, uh, um, and I think there's been people uh, doing like, um, I forget who did it, but I think the number one, Alex was, was one of them. who did a 12 hour, um, a, 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 like a seven day stream with another streamer and did, 12 hours of them then then the other person's stream started to, oh, they wow. did the next 12 hours and they traded off over seven days two people but they each were only doing 12 hours at a time which i think is very important and healthy it's more healthy than trying to do you know a 48 hour stream you know uh I, that's uh man such a good recommendation and, and good advice that you know you don't have to do these things alone and you shouldn't because you can't <laughs> We as yeah, humans, no, unless you're superhuman, which there are a couple people on Twitch who do some crazy. I've seen a 45 hour stream before. Like people do some crazy things, but you, you, Not you don't recommended. need to. Yeah, but yeah. yeah. Uh, so cool. Okay, so you've you've mentioned Zeldathon. Where you've 10 years of Zeldathon at this point. Uh, yeah. What keeps you going, and what is exciting you about the next you know 10 years if if it's going to be of Zeldathon? Yeah, no. Um, I think that a lot of it is what what keeps me excited is that we're finding new ways to better ourselves to become a better um marathon and be a better team and a better you know uh, company if you will as well because you know we're, we're talking about a company we're an llc and you know we're trying new things out like we're doing like i said the parallel worlds event because you know we play every zelda game every six months after a while people are like you know we play other games and it's like <laughs> yeah and we want we want an opportunity to show that off and instead of doing a mini marathon like we did in the past we did something called anything other than zelda thon um <laughs> We, people love that, but yeah. let's do let's do a full six day event and you know shaking it up and adding things and like that and doing peace of heart where we're going out to different places. I think that that's exciting. People, we're getting more guests involved. Like uh, in the before days, people thought Zelda Thon was just like casual central, and it is kind of casual central. But you know, we invite gymnast eighty six over. He's the three D Zelda champion of the world. We have Rom Scout coming out doing playing nice. both Oracle games at the same time with one controller. Nice. It, you know, we're 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 bringing in the the the. The heavy hitters at times and i think that's really really fun that we get to do that and um that makes me excited and i want to just continue getting better and being better i think overall uh well, i i'm surprised that you ever find time to stream considering all these other things that you do um right if i was the, i mean you know if i'm not familiar with your channel what what, what kind of things do you stream and what and what do you enjoy streaming when you're outside of all the charity stuff and outside of Zelda? yeah no I mean, luckily with Zelda Thon, we've been working more um, to get, uh, you know, your co committees started to like help run the event. So nice. I, I can be there to, as, as a guiding force, but I'm not there, you know, doing everything. And, you know, and then, you know, with Director Leaf uh, uh, also running the operations, Campy, Campy DK, he's he's an amazing guy and he's so smart. And he, he's he's come up with the idea for the non-Zelda Zelda Thon. He came up with the idea for the Coliseum events. 
you know, I, I I'm I'm the guy with the gear and the and the and the and the and the the copy of OBS that can run it. But uh, <laughs> you know, you know, he's a lot of the brains. So having powerful people help me allow me to stream. And what do I stream? I stream. Lately, it's been whatever I've been feeling like. Like I've been doing some Mario a little bit. I've been throwing in. So I, I did. I've been doing a Majora's Mask ROM hack recently. Uh, Master Quest. So it's 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 like the dungeons are changed. Um, been having some fun with that. City Skylines. Uh, I've I, I, I've been building Lego. Uh, <laughs> I saw I'm this. Halfway, yeah. <laughs> I'm I'm halfway through this X wing. Look at that. It's uh, <laughs> awesome. So we'll finish this one day here on stream. <laughs> but, you know, I've, I've been doing some, just some goofy stuff. And I'm sorry, I totally whacked the microphone with the X-Wing. Totally fine. Um, uh, that's awesome. I, I, you know, I, I'd be, well, you know, never mind. I was going to ask, well, I mean, we meant to ask, do you ever have like a goal in mind when you set out to do a Zelda-thon? Like a certain amount of money yes. you want to raise or anything like that? Oh, yeah, no, absolutely. That's a, that's a good question. Because, um, you know, obviously, you know, in our heads, it's like, we want to raise more than the last that'll fund right. is, is an easy thing to say, but it's not always reasonable. Um, so we, we set, we set uh, reasonable expectations on ourselves. Like $150,000 for Zelda nowadays is not an unreasonable goal. It's a thing that we can almost guarantee to hit at this point, you know, but you know, it, it really is on the donors and on the people who watch the stream to they're feeling generous that day. So, you know, I think a Zelda could raise a hundred thousand, hundred fifty thousand. It could raise two hundred, two hundred fifty k. We don't really know until we start. And you know, as long as we're doing our job about being entertaining, putting on a good production, and just showing up and advertising correctly, that's all we can do. It's on the people who have their pocketbooks at home that might want to open them up for charity. That's that's all it can be, you know. So if people want to watch, where can they find Zeldathon and or your stream? Uh, where would you send them? Uh, you can go to zeldathon.net for everything Zeldathon. We have a, t a Twitter account, uh, Instagram. Uh, I don't understand Instagram, but the, the social <laughs> media team is beginning in an Instagram. So I'm an old man, apparently. Uh, we have a YouTube channel, all, all Zeldathon. You can look them up there. But uh, we also uh, recently released the Zeldathon documentary called Money Making Game. You can find that at doc.zeldathon.net. And I'm just Prems Gamer everywhere. So look me up. <laughs> can't wait to dig into the, uh, the the documentary. I've really been wanting to watch it and I haven't had some time yet, so I'm super excited that it's available now and uh, that it's... Yeah, uh, it's good. It's good. It's good. Okay, I can't wait. Well, thank you so much uh, MC for joining us and giving us some insight on uh, Zeldathon and everything charitable, streaming and all that kind of stuff. Thank you so much for uh, doing this. I really do appreciate it, man. Yeah, thanks for having me on. I, I, I like doing podcasts. It's fun to talk about myself for an hour. <laughs> Thank you everyone for listening and watching. If you're enjoying the podcast, please feel free to share it with family, friends, and leave a review on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts. All of those go a really long way to helping out the podcast. Thank you so much. Have a good one.